We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? If you're anything like me right now, you can't get enough of that win last night over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a dominating 41-31 win over a team that, let's be honest, provided some easy bulletin board material for a Chiefs team that probably didn't need it, but probably didn't hurt anything either. So let's enjoy some of these nuggets together over the next 20 minutes or so on this episode of 10 Things. I'm BJ Kissel, and this show is presented by my friends over at KC Strength and Conditioning. If you've got somebody that you know, ages 8 to 18, that play baseball or softball in the Kansas City area, you might consider KC Strength and Conditioning and KC Throwing as a place to improve their performance. I've known John Rinzi for more than 20 years. We played baseball together growing up, and he's always been the guy when it comes to fitness and what a body needs to maximize its performance. Call John over there at 913-638-8960. You can also check out their website at KC Strength and Conditioning or drop by their new facility up near Mill Valley. Again, that's KC Strength and Conditioning. All right, let's talk about the 10 things we love to see from the Chiefs win over the Bucks in prime time on Sunday night. And starting with number one, probably not a huge surprise, Patrick Mahomes' performance on the big stage. Now, the last time the Chiefs were on that field, they were facing the Bucs in the Super Bowl, and it was a hobbled Mahomes with a broken toe who was pressured on more than half of his dropbacks in that game, and the Chiefs got blown out uh, trying to follow up that Super Bowl victory down in Miami. And Shaq Barrett, one of the standouts in that game and on that team, also still on the Bucs, and we know that because uh, his, his comments made the rounds. Uh, on media, but uh, he thought Sunday night was going to be a continuation of that performance back a couple years ago in the Super Bowl, and he was wrong. Mahomes went 23 of 37 for 249 yards with three touchdowns and an interception, and Mahomes' touchdown pass to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on that scramble to the sideline. If you're listening to me talking about this, you can visualize the play. We've probably all watched the, the highlight at least 50 times already if you're anything like me, uh, but that play from Patrick Mahomes where he spun away from Devin White and then kind of flicked it into the end zone. Uh, that, that's a play that's going to be on Patrick Mahomes' highlight reel for the rest of his career. And that's saying something because it's already a pretty long 
pretty uh, distinguished uh, highlight reel uh, from Patrick Mahomes already. And Mahomes' three touchdown passes gives him 162 touchdown passes through the first 67 games of his career, passing Pro Football Hall of Famer Dan Marino, who had 160 touchdown passes in the first 67 games of his career to pace the NFL in that category. So Mahomes continuing to shatter records, continuing continuing to set paces that we have never seen from a quarterback yet in NFL history. Mahomes is also the fastest quarterback in NFL history to 20,000 career passing yards, hitting that again in his first 67 games. Shout out to the Chiefs Communications Department for continuing to come up with these stats and continuing uh, to feed us all of these little nuggets, these superlatives, because uh, Chiefs fans deserve uh, to know all these little stats and all these little nuggets, uh, because, again, we don't want to you know, normalize uh, witnessing greatness, and that's what we've been seeing. Uh, it's not hyperbole to say that, because when you put into context what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, again, he's doing things that we've never seen from a quarterback in NFL history, so we should enjoy this as the 27-year-old continues to go out there and uh, – redefine what playing quarterback at the NFL level looks like. Uh, And it's always awesome to get on social media during the games and to see the national media and people covering the NFL for a very long time or played the game for a very long time talking about Mahomes in these same ways. All right, let's move along to number two. And that's the fact that Travis Kelsey continued to do Travis Kelsey things. He's the best tight end in NFL history, and he finished Sunday's game with nine catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. It seemed like every time the Chiefs offense needed a big play early in this game, Kelsey was on the receiving end of the pass. Four of his nine receptions in this game came on third downs for a first down, including three in the first half when the game was a little bit closer before they kept extending that three possession lead in the second half and trading uh, scores right up until the end. Uh, Kelsey's nine receptions in the game also moved him past Tony Gonzalez for the second most receptions in NFL history for a tight end in his first 10 seasons, trailing only Jason Witten right now. Uh, So again, we talk about Patrick Mahomes setting all these records. Travis Kelsey has been doing the same thing. Kelsey also moved past Rob Gronkowski to move into fifth on the NFL's all-time receiving yards list for tight ends, trailing now only Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, and Shannon Sharp. And anytime you talk about the best tight ends in NFL history, those five guys are basically the ones in the conversation. Uh, And for Travis Kelsey, who not played as many seasons as those guys for him to already be in that conversation uh, with hopefully a lot of good football left in front of him. Um, It just shows how special what we've seen from Travis Kelsey is and also something that we should not normalize. All right, moving along to number three, uh, let's talk about the big dudes up front. Just getting it done, the Chiefs offensive line and the Chiefs running game, we're going to kind of put them together because it all kind of goes together. Uh, the Chiefs had 189 yards rushing on Sunday night, and they did that on 37 carries, which was good for a 5.1 yards per carry average. Now, the Bucks hadn't given up that many rushing yards since 2018, four years since the Bucs had given up at least 189 yards rushing on the ground. And, you know, for the Chiefs, they're coming off a game last week against the Colts uh, where the Chiefs offensive line, you know, struggled in that game to get the running game going. We talked about it at KC Sports Network all week, running backs against the Colts, 18 carries for 31 yards. That was against the Colts defense. Now they went up against the Bucs, number one defense in the NFL. 
absolutely dominating opponents because of the strength of that front. And the Chiefs went out again, 189 yards rushing on 37 carries, averaging more than five yards per carry. Chiefs offensive line played like they had something to prove, and they made their case. Uh, Patrick Mahomes said after the game at the offensive line, they heard uh, what people were saying about him after the last game, after they had struggled against the Colts defense that we didn't necessarily expect them uh, to struggle like they did running the football, especially without Shaq Leonard playing in that game. But what we did see on Sunday night was this group, when they play their best football, can go out there and dominate anybody, which was awesome to see. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 19 carries for 92 yards and a score on the ground, while rookie Isaiah Pacheco had the best game of his professional career thus far with 11 carries for 63 yards. Uh, Clyde also had a career high or also had a receiving touchdown on that play from Patrick Mahomes that we talked about. And, you know, he had a career, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a career high of six touchdowns last season. Through four games in 2022, Clyde already has five touchdowns. And it was awesome to watch both he and Isaiah Pacheco last night. And honestly, even with the receivers, when they were getting the ball, they were running angry. Uh, It started with the tone up front set by the offensive line. Those big dudes were moving other big dudes out of the way and creating some space. And then once they got that space, those running backs, those wide receivers, whoever the ball in their hands, they were running downhill. They were running hard. They were running through contact and they were always falling forward. Uh, You always saw another yard, yard and a half, two yards um, after contact for the way that the Chiefs uh, ball carriers were uh, were basically just taking it to the Buccaneers, which is awesome to see because, again, in context, they were doing this against the best defense in the NFL. And uh, per ESPN stats and info via Adam Teicher, uh, the Chiefs offensive line had a run block win rate of 83.3% in that game, which is second best in the NFL for games played in week four. And Teicher noted that for comparison, the Chiefs had a 66.1% win rate last week against the Colts. So obviously a significant uh, improvement there, which is no surprise based on any metric you look at. Uh, it was great to see the Chiefs offensive line, particularly Andrew Wiley on the right side at right tackle, just having a phenomenal performance, really being physical, moving guys out of the way and having a great, uh, great overall performance. All right, let's move along to number four. Let's talk about the Chiefs rookie class as a whole last night. If you're, you know, we watched our live post game show. We talked about this a little bit, but you know, we saw George Karloftis knife into the backfield for a key tackle for loss uh, while the Bucks were driving early in this game. Ended up being one of the key plays I thought early in the game when it was still kind of in flux as far as who was going to grab the momentum, who was going to set the tone for what that game was going to be. Huge play from Karloftis, or Karloftis and that play forced the Bucks to kick a field goal early. And then we saw Brian Cook with a fantastic pass breakup in the end zone to prevent a touchdown. We saw Isaiah Pacheco again running through tackles against the league's best defense through the first three weeks, uh, finishing with that 11 carries for 61 yards. And then we saw Sky Moore catch the first pass of his career, finishing with two receptions for 31 yards and pretty memorable first catch, uh, obviously outside of like a, you know, touchdown to win a game or, you know, some crazy touchdown. He was a great catch. He's extended across the middle. His hands were fully extended. Um, you know, something great to see from a rookie who didn't seem like uh, the game was too big for him under the lights against that opponent. Uh, overall, just a fantastic performance from the Chiefs rookies and ones that, you know, as I mentioned, I talked about on the post game show last night. Uh, I think it'll pay dividends for this group moving forward because by the time you get to the end of the season with as many snaps as these rookies are playing, you're not really going to see them as rookies because of how much experience they're going to get. And to go face, that Bucks team and Tom Brady on the road in prime time with all the hoopla, everything going on. Um, that's one of those games that those rookies are going to remember. Not only did they play and get that experience, they played and got that experience and played well 
and got that experience. I think that's going to be huge for those guys moving forward. All right, before we get to number five, let's take a quick word from Trade Coffee. Listen, I'm not one of those people who drinks a lot of coffee, but my wife does. And I couldn't tell you exactly what makes a good cup taste so good. All I know is when we get our coffee from Trade Coffee, it's great. The coffee we get from Trade is so good, I can't believe how much I like or we like what they picked for us. Their team actually worked with us to create our own custom collection, which is great because my wife drinks coffee every single day. I drink it, I drink it when I really need a pick-me-up. But if you're like us and you want your coffee to taste like it was made exactly for what you like, go and check out our collection at Trade. And if what we got isn't up your alley, don't worry about it. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile. Or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched with coffees you'll love. That's what we did. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. I'm guessing there's a lot of coffee being consumed in Chiefs Kingdom right now uh, after that late primetime game last night in which uh, a lot of us uh, were probably celebrating. Uh, and then that Monday morning alarm probably came a little earlier than expected. All right, now to number five. That was the first game in which the Bucks defense had allowed 40 or more points to their opponent since a 40-34 to 34 loss at Seattle on November 3rd, 2019, almost three years ago. In fact, the Bucs had only allowed 27 points all season through their first three games, facing the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Packers. That was the Dak Prescott Cowboys, the Jameis Winston Saints, and the Aaron Rodgers Packers. And the Chiefs scored more than that. Again, 27 points in the first three games total. The Chiefs have 28 points in the first half. Also through the first four games, the Chiefs have had nine different players score a touchdown, which is the most in the AFC and tied with the NFL lead with the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I know they talked about it on the broadcast last night, a lot being talked about as far as Tyreek Hill no longer being on the Chiefs and all the explosive plays, and yet, you know, the Chiefs are still explosive. They have the number two scoring offense in the NFL right now, averaging over 32 points per game, trailing only, and kind of surprising, to be honest with you, the Detroit Lions. They're the highest scoring offense in the NFL right now, and for the Chiefs, they might not be doing it the same way with the huge chunk plays that we saw with Tyreek Hill, but as we saw from last night, going up against, again, the number one defense in the NFL, Chiefs had no problem moving the ball, no problem picking up chunk plays, doing it in a different way, but still as lethal and as dangerous as ever, which is awesome to see um, for the Chiefs. All right, now let's move along to the defense now with number six. And let's start with a play that I thought, personally, I thought changed the game or at least defined the game in a way. And it was right after one of the few hiccups for the Chiefs offense in that game on Sunday night was when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire dropped that fourth down uh, pass that seemed like it <laughs> probably would have been a touchdown. I mean, you, you never know, but uh, he had a lot of room in front of him on that fourth down and just kind of got caught handcuffed with his hands, uh, wasn't able to bring it in. But um, I thought that play in the moment was going to or really could provide the Bucks a lot of momentum or just a break because the chiefs offense was rolling at that point score was 21 to 10. Uh, who knows what's going to happen. You give Tom Brady a little bit of room. Uh, he goes down there, puts up another score and then all of a sudden you're only up four points. Uh, but 
on the Bucks' first offensive play after Clyde Edwards-Alaire dropped that fourth down pass. Legereus Sneed came on a blitz off the edge and was able to sack and force the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. And then it was scooped up by Chris Jones to give the ball right back to the Chiefs offense. And then it was six plays later, later that Noah Gray ran it in from the one-yard line on a fun little uh, red zone or goal-to-go play uh, where Patrick Mahomes in shotgun, Noah Gray basically runs like he's running in motion uh, to set on either side of the uh, tackles or either side of the, the formation and basically just runs right up, takes the snap from center and runs it in for a touchdown. It was his second career touchdown. Uh, but going back, credit to Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, and the defense overall on that one play for just responding when they were called upon. Again, that could have you know, switched the momentum a little bit. Um, I know I felt in that moment, it was like, man, I, I trust the defense, but if you're going to give him a little bit of room, a little bit of space, um, that him being Tom Brady, uh, he's the kind of player that we've seen throughout his Hall of Fame, you know, best to ever do a career that you give him opportunities like that. He generally takes advantage of them. So it was awesome to Steve, Steve Spagnuolo stay aggressive and go and get right after Tom Brady and force that ball and give it back to the Chiefs offense. And Legereus Need, he finished the night on Sunday, leading the team in tackles with nine, recorded one sack and obviously the one force fumble that we were just talking about. But one cool nugget here from Chiefs Communications is that Legereus Need actually leads all NFL quarterbacks in sacks since entering the league in 2020. Uh, we have a blossoming star on our hands. And I know if you were watching the live postgame show last night, Matty Lane called him one of the 10 best cornerbacks in the entire NFL right now, talking about Legereus Sneed. Awesome to see him develop and what he's meant to the Chiefs defense through the first four weeks, and particularly what he meant to the group last night. All right, now to number seven. The Chiefs set a franchise record for fewest rushing attempts allowed in a game, with the Buccaneers only attempting six rushes all of Sunday night. Now, the Chiefs' defense on those six rushes allowed just three total rushing yards, tying for the fewest rushing yards allowed in a single game in franchise history. I'm going to say it again just so you're listening. You're like, did, did he say that right? Three yards rushing. That's it. That's the number. Leonard Fournette himself had three carries for negative three yards in the game. So you... Yeah, you listening or watching this show, whether you're sitting at home watching on YouTube or you're driving in your car, out for a walk, wherever you are, you had more rushing yards last night than Leonard Fournette. Stole that from Ken Swanson. He talked about it on the postgame show, but I thought it was funny and I thought I'd bring it up. But yeah, the Bucks six carries for three yards. And we thought the performance for the Chiefs offensive line and the Chiefs running game against the Colts with 18 carries for 31 yards wasn't great. Six carries for three yards is worse. So shout out Chiefs defense uh, for shutting it down. I think they attempted 52 passes to six rushing attempts. Some of that could be Todd Bowles and the Byron Leftwich and the Bucks uh, coaching staff seeing what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense were doing very early. And you could pretty much tell from the, the moment they stepped on the field that, you know, these guys were locked in. It was a little bit different. And maybe they felt that uh, running the ball wasn't going to be anything they were going to have success with. You never know. Not sure it's going to be anything they tell us as far as what the game plan was going into that game. But uh, shout out to the Chiefs defense for uh, shutting down the running game on the few times they attempted to run the ball. And then obviously shout out to the Chiefs offense for, you know, demonstrating something that obviously made the Bucks feel like they were just going to throw the ball the entire time. They were trailing, but even early in the game, not running the ball at all. All right, moving along to number eight. Credit the Chiefs' new kicker, Matthew Wright, who was signed just this week after Harrison Butker uh, couldn't play because he's still dealing with that ankle injury suffered in the first game of the season. 
And we saw Matt Amendola was released after a, his rough game against the Colts and this the entire you know rough game for the Chiefs special teams last week. But uh, Wright had a great game. Uh, he connected on both of his field goal attempts and all five of his extra points. I wouldn't say they were the most high pressure kicks, although uh, anytime you're going up against Tom Brady and you're extending you know a two possession lead to a three possession lead uh, and things like that, it's there's going to be pressure, especially on the road in prime time. But um, didn't seem like there was a doubt. Uh, all those were right down the middle. Uh, it was great to, to not have to worry about those, even though all of us were probably worrying, even on the extra points, uh, making sure that everything got down. And uh, I know Matt Derrick uh, from ChiefsDigest.com brought this up, but shout out to Tommy Tommy Townsend, uh, who until like, what, less than a minute to go in the game, didn't have to punt that entire game, but did have a nice hold on one of the snaps. Uh, was a little bit high on one of those field goals. I think it was the last one uh, that ended up giving them that three possession lead. But uh, yeah, shout out to Matthew Wright for his performance last night and moving along to number nine, we're just going to stick with the special teams theme. Uh, and it's just a shout out to Dave Tobes group uh, for stepping up and contributing to Sunday's win in a big way. Again, after that rough showing last week against the Colts, I think it was reported that there were 22 questions asked of Dave Tobe during his uh, media availability last week, which I'm um, not sure if anybody went back and looked, but probably a record, if not very close to a record for the most questions ever asked of Dave Tobe during his, uh, what, 10 years with the Chiefs, as long as Andy Reid has been here. So um, not only did uh, Matthew Wright have a solid day, as I just had mentioned, but, you know, Isaiah Pacheco had a nice kick return late in the game um, to get things going on that drive. And then, uh, you know, overall, you know, the group got it started from the opening kickoff of the game. I think, you know, we talked again, talked about it on the post game show, but it seemed like they were kind of exercising some demons, uh, not only against the bucks from that, you know, performance in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but, uh, the special teams from the performance just last week against the Colts, uh, also on the road where, you know, the opening kickoff, Chris Lamonts was able to go down, force the fumble, of the kick returner. And then Elijah Lee, uh, who's had an interesting couple of weeks bouncing back from getting released, signed to the practice squad squad called up. Although I'm guessing that he has somewhat of an idea of what's going to happen when those things kind of go down. But uh, yeah, shout out to the chief special teams unit that really set the tone from the very beginning of the game. And it was a great sign uh, knowing how they performed last week uh, to have them come out and play that way. It was just awesome to see. All right, before we hit number 10, here's a quick word from liquid death. You may start noticing there's some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. They've got regular water, seltzer water, and a few flavors out there as well. I personally enjoy the lime. I'm actually drinking it right now on the show, just the regular mountain spring water. Um, as you can see, for those watching on YouTube, if, if you're listening on the audio, you're just going to have to trust me. Uh, you can go... Um, Seek us out on YouTube and, and fast forward to this point, watch the video, but uh, interesting looking cans. You can see why that people say that uh, it kind of looks like a beer, but uh, not only is it great water, it's also obviously in an aluminum can, not in, pl not in plastic. Uh, plastic isn't actually recyclable anymore. And most plastic you throw away in a recycling bin actually just gets sent to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and actually profitable for recycling facilities. So when you're at the store and you're looking to grab a water to drink, look for the cans that look like beer. It's a great product and they're doing their part at Liquid Death to try and help the environment as well as they donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help 
kill plastic pollution. Again, that's liquid death. They've got the regular water, the seltzer water, and then the lime is the one that I've had that I do enjoy. Uh, so go get liquid death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their sto store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. All right, finally, two number 10. Let me take one more drink of my liquid death water here. Sorry, everybody. It's a lot of talking uh, by oneself without having a guest on this on this particular show each week. So, all right, finally to number 10. The Chiefs now stand alone atop the AFC West division with a three and one record. Uh, the Chargers and the Broncos come in behind them as they're both two and two and the Raiders sit at the bottom of the division at one and three. It's just another thing you love to see, particularly after the offseason we saw with the entire division uh, loading up to try and take down the Chiefs who have won the league for six straight seasons. Now we know the Chiefs and Raiders will meet at Arrowhead Stadium next Monday night in a primetime AFC West showdown. And we'll have you covered every step of the way here at KC Sports Network. If you're wondering why I'm bringing this up as the number 10 thing, it's not necessarily about this particular game. But when you watch the games around the division, it was kind of nice to see. I don't know who you're rooting for when the Broncos and the Raiders play. I always root for whoever has the worst record to try to knock the next person down. And that's what happened. The Raiders were looking for their first victory. I don't think they were as bad um, as some were saying uh, in this Season, I don't, and I've kind of said this from the beginning, personally, I don't feel that the Broncos or the Raiders were deep enough or overall strong enough to really compete to win the division this season, but I definitely thought they were good enough and talented enough to come up and bite teams, whether it's teams within the division or other teams that are on their schedule that are looking to make playoff pushes. They definitely have the talent to play spoiler later in the season, so Chiefs do not take the Raiders lightly coming into this one. They absolutely have to win this game. This is going to be a playoff atmosphere, uh, not only because it's a Monday night game at Arrowhead Stadium, the best home field environment uh, in the entire NFL, and the best place to watch a game if you are an NFL fan. Obviously, I'm very, very biased, but uh, that's how I feel. But not only is going to be that it, anytime you get those two teams together, it's going to be a showdown. But the Raiders at one and three, they do not want to go to one and four. We've seen all the stats. We've been watching some of the broadcasts. The percentage of making the playoffs for teams that start one and three is like 10%. Uh, and you start one and four, it drops even lower than that. So uh, they don't need those stats to know that going to one and four is going to make it very difficult for them. But the Chiefs cannot take this team lightly. Not saying that's what they necessarily did against the Colts. We were not there. Uh, we do not know. But the Colts are not as good a football team as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we saw the Chiefs come out and play very, very well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe it had something to do with the poor performance against the Colts and kind of a wake up call. Maybe it was the fact that Shaq Barrett um, came out and said what he did to fire up the chiefs, or maybe it's just the fact that it's any given Sunday. Sometimes he's got to tip your cap. The other teams are on scholarship too, uh, with that old adage that people have said around the NFL for a long time. But uh, thank you all for watching and or listening. And please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button or follow us on the podcast platform of your choice. Just search KCSN or KC Sports Network and you can find all the content that we've got, not only on the Chiefs, but the Royals, plus the nationally ranked Kansas Jayhawks and K-State Wildcats, along with the Missouri Tigers, who were so close to pulling out a huge upset over the Georgia Bulldogs last week. A lot of cool things going on in the Kansas City area with different sports, but we appreciate all your support for what we're doing here at KC Sports Network. Until next time, we'll see you at Chiefs Kingdom. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.